Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. Here we are. are. (laughs) Drainage Central. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) You can't hack it. No. Oh, my laughs tonight are going to sound all raily and, you know, like an old man. But, uh, yeah, all the allergies and colds aside, here we are. Undetermined the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. Welcome back in, in several respects. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Recording on a different continent last time, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One of the big things I wanted to check with you on, because it's a, a rare thing to see somebody to have moved back and forth from Europe during the middle of a pandemic. Right. <laughs> to see <laughs> what the differences are. But yes, tonight we have Jason Thompson from, uh, formerly from Little Teeth, now with Big Bird out of Chicago. Yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah, it's <laughs> good stuff, man. Thank really you. Really good shit. Pre- appreciate I, it. You got to feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's uh, the first time I played heavy, heavier music in quite a while. Yeah, Jason joined us before. From Germany. Yeah. Bad little teeth. A little bit of background. I, I, I've known his wife since elementary school. <laughs> Turns out that, uh, you know, she married a guy who uh, is a really kick-ass musician. I checked out his music and really dug it. Turned out to be a, a cool guy as well. And and uh, welcome back, man. And, and we're real excited about this new project you got. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to be back talking with y'all. Um, and yeah, like this is, like I was saying, like this is the first time I played heavy music in a while. So I was in a band before Little Teeth called The Sky We Scrape, which was like kind of like post-hardcore-ish, like uh, influences from like Smaller on Bike and Thrice. So it's a, li- a little, little heavier leaning. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, like years before, I was in a uh, like an actual proper like metal, metalcore band. But so like since then, I hadn't done anything like specifically heavier. So it's been fun to to play with these folks and make some make some shreddy tunes and play with some riffs all day long. Yeah. 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 You got some bigger teeth now. (laughs) Got some bigger teeth, bigger teeth on a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah. The name. Mm -hmm. So Alex, um, old friend of mine, they and I were talking about like when I first said, decided to come back to the States, we had always been good friends over the years. Like they and I lived in the same neighborhood when I was in Chicago before, um, before moving and they play in a band called typesetter from Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're about to take a hiatus uh, later this year, but good friends of my old bands and we've always been in touch and like just loved each other as humans. They're a great, great person. So when I decided to move back, they hit me up and they're like, you know, let's, I'd love to make music with you in some capacity. We have a lot of similar interests and in different genres. So then we, started kicking around ideas and one of the things that's always hung me up regardless of what genre or whatever band is i used to get really hung up on band names Mm -hmm. and like overthinking them to death (laughs) and in the end it it doesn't really matter like band names are kind of irrelevant i think Mm -hmm. yeah in a lot of ways yeah i mean like what kind of name is radiohead or the foo fighters it doesn't really matter it's just and that's actually something that happened with little teeth too i was like you know i don't necessarily want to put too much weight in what the name is. So Corey named the band Little Teeth. And with Big Bird, <laughs> we were 
going through some different names and of course finding other bands with the same name. And Alex was like, you know what? Why don't we just call it jokingly? They said, let's just call the band Big Bird. And it made me laugh so hard. (laughs) And so we're like, it's just funny because it's obviously taken. (laughs) Right. There's like no disputing it. And we kicked around the idea of calling the band Biggest Bird or Bigger Bird. Mm Mm-hmm. But then we're like, no, it's funnier, no matter what the genre is, just to call it Big Bird. Right. And then kind of inviting an eventual cease and desist letter. <laughs> right. so, so our our like long-term plan here uh, that we've talked about, and I'm sure this won't come to fruition in the way we want it, but we would love it if we do get a cease and desist letter and whatever lawyer sends it. We're either going to rename the band <laughs> that lawyer's name <laughs> or we're going to name the band Big Bert or something like it's just oh, right. we have some other ideas, but like we'll change a letter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Big Bird with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, when we uploaded, like when we decided to do the name uh, Big Bird, since there are there actually surprisingly, there's other artists that go under the name Big Bird. We go by Big Bird, all lowercase with a period at the end. So it's. It's like a silly, you know, punctuation and just a, a, a moderate way to kind of differentiate us from some other bands out there. So when you see the band name, it's usually Big Bird with a period at the end. Facebook doesn't let us put that period at the end because oh. Zuckerberg doesn't like us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. It just was write just it like, out, Big Bird, period. <laughs> I, we almost did. <laughs> Big Bird, not. Um, yeah, but so that was kind of like the <laughs> where the name came from. It was just our own stupidity and I'll, I'll, I credit Alex with the, uh, with championing that they, they have the, <laughs> they have the win for that, that one for sure. <laughs> yeah. It still makes me laugh every time. It's I still fun though. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. automatically you hear that and it just kind of makes you, it makes you grin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it's funny. Like we were supposed to be playing, we were in, uh, confirmed on a festival in Hamburg, Germany. Um, that's taking place next weekend. Oh, wow some some friends of ours but we decided to bow out of that but um it's put on by a really good friend of mine named Stefan he runs this uh, festival called called Booze Cruise Festival like this year bands like Lagwagon are playing Press Club like there, there's some really good bands playing my old band were supposed to play a few years ago on, in 2020 and like Hot Water Music was playing and the Menzingers so it, it was pretty big bands but all the venues there uh are much smaller than than here so it was it's one of my favorite festivals in the world. It's, it's really great. But when Stefan found out that I was in a new band um, and it leans heavier and Stefan's also friends with uh, the folks in typesetter. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of connections. So he was like, yeah, I'd love to have you play. Um, and at that point I was still uh, technically in little teeth and he was like, yeah, we could do you little teeth and do a solo set. And he's like, yeah, what's, what's the name of your new band? And I was like, Oh, we're big bird. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> so it definitely causes a little bit of a, a little pause in every conversation. I've had. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Big Bird featuring Pitbull. Right. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I gotta try that again. Uh, right. Festival sponsored by the letter E <laughs> <laughs> and the number four. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that gotta be it'd be the best cease and desist letter to get from <laughs> Sesame Street, you know. Which like we also talked about if we do get one, like I want to make a t-shirt out of it that's just that letter. The letter? Yeah. Um <laughs> Right. <sighs> but knowing our luck, we it, they'll just let it slide forever 
because I don't even I don't even think PBS officially owns Big Bird or Sesame Street. It's, it's like Henson, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's some it's some third party because I, I looked it up for for whatever. I guess for the reason that we're talking about, but to see like who, who might be sending us a letter. Right. But I mean, no, at this point, no one really would, we can it with bad and I, there's uh, other problems in the world. <laughs> right. I would hope that there's bigger, more pressing right. problems for right. these people than sending a cease and desist letter to some idiots in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Have we talked about covering like a Sesame street tune, like just something you hear. We all know from Sesame street. <laughs> That would be pretty great. Wow. I'm just pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta figure out like exactly what the you know, like the time is. It's like 15 (laughs) seconds or whatever that you can sample without uh, (laughs) without actually getting uh, right and just cut it off right the you know like a half second to spare. Uh, yeah, that'd be or, oh, it'd be per- one of these things. It's not like the other, <laughs> right? <laughs> or just Manamana. That song's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, That's good. Uh, yeah. No press is bad press, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, there's this band, and they, they, I don't know. I'm sure they're long since gone, but a band that I've seen ages and ages ago at the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. They were called uh, the Vita Blue or the Vita Blue. I don't know exactly how it was pronounced, but. V-I-D-A Blue. And they're like an indie rock or punk band. I can't even remember. They were offered... like So Trey Anastasio from Fish had a band that he... Uh, one of his side projects and he wanted to call it the same name, Vita Blue. Mm-hmm. But this band had like either legal right to it or I don't even know if they copyrighted it. I don't know how, how much truth there is to this, but apparently Trey Anastasio offered them $10,000 to, you know, to give up the name. And they were like, you know, just dirtbag kids in Chicago, as far as I knew. So like, yeah, sure. Right. So they took the money and renamed the band 10 grand, which was just like, I thought was pretty, pretty brilliant to be like, yeah, we'll take 10 grand and name ourselves 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. Good name too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that too, too. I've always said like, a, you know, I thought Nirvana was a terrible band name. Oh yeah. Yeah. What it came it out. out. I think it worked, worked out for them oh, in the long run. Right. right. No, we yeah. were just talking. I don't remember who we were talking about that with, but yeah, it always sounded yeah. like new agey to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh God. Right. You, you expected like, there to be like flowers and with an Enya incense or like, and uh-huh. right. Namaste yeah. at the door. But then, you know, sonically, they're basically the polar opposite of that, which is right. that pretty great. Yeah. The Beatles. I mean, sure, there's plenty of examples, so, you know, <laughs> just garbage names. Yeah. Right. Garbage <laughs> names, great bands. Yeah, that's a good thread to start too. By the way, in social media, it's like <laughs> worst, you know, worst names, worst for the name, best band. Best band. Yeah. yeah, or best name, worst band. You know, yeah, there are those too. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I just thought Five for Fighting was a great band name for a terrible band. <laughs> but yeah, you were involved in all that lockdown and shit in Germany, and yeah, come back here. What were some of the biggest things you noticed? What were some of the biggest uh, changes? So it was. Um, it was interesting. Like the lockdown over there was pretty severe and I felt like it was pretty severe in the moment. Uh Um, just, you know, like especially towards the beginning of the pandemic, which is still ongoing, of course, (laughs) spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, like over there in, in Munich, especially for the first uh, bit of it, everything was completely locked down. Like, uh, it was the only things were open were grocery stores. You were allowed to take, short walks for your your own health but it would only be for a short period of time 
um, if you were going to an, another location, like if you had if you had to have you had to go to your office or whatever, you had to have written authorization, and that company had to submit you know submit you as an authorized person to be traveling on public transit or even driving. So most places, of course, just like over here in the states, you know, transition to uh, remote everything. Right. There was a lot more support there for in terms of like social structures for for musicians and for venues and things like that, where there was some money to help them kind of be afloat for a while, which I know here there were things like Save Our Stages. So my good buddy, John Ugolini from Kickstand Productions, he was part of that movement here in in Chicago, I know, mainly because there wasn't any support for that. But yeah, in general, it was, I think it was scary everywhere. The positive difference over there, especially was like, you know, being on the socialized healthcare that was, you know, there was a lot less to worry about, I think for people. Right. And I feel like people took it really seriously over there for the most part. There were a lot of like anti-vaxxers and um, over there, the term based, not quite QAnon, but borderline ish in terms of Germans where it was the, the Querdenkers, Querdenkers, which uh, is just basically just as right wing as you can get with probably, probably without throwing the Nazi label on them. But so coming back here, you know, we, we moved back kind of during a lull of, of numbers, which was really convenient timing. So we moved back here in August of 2021. So it's been about 10 months since we've been back. First, it was weird how not weird it was to be back just socially, Mm -hmm. but also like, seeing so many people not really giving a shit about wearing a mask or not in a store was, is just boils my blood. Yeah. And now that the, the, you know, at least in Chicago, now that the max mandates have largely gone away, like some places of course can say, no, we'd really ask you to wear them. I get less worked up about it. Right. It's just like the people being inconsiderate of other people's health concerns. And, you know, like, I have a lot of friends that are immunocompromised and myself, I, I'm thankfully not, I've, you know, but I, I don't want to pass it on to anyone else, you know? Uh, and part of the reason why Kelly and I moved back to the States was to be close to friends and family. Right. And, you know, part of that is making sure everyone can be healthy. So that was one thing that just in the transition period was uh, kind of a stark difference was a lot of people's, and I'm generalizing of course, but a lot of people's lack of, care of others and it was kind of like when we would see somebody walk into target for example during you know the highest numbers in chicago that we'd had in a very long time someone not wearing a mask just would walk around like and maybe this is me reading into it too much but just like walking around with like a shit-eating grin and just oh um, yeah oh no they totally did that yeah Yeah, so like whatever whatever we'd see them somebody like that i'd be like what a brave patriot right Mm -hmm. like they are just you know yeah, that I think that was like part of the the big, the harder part of the transition, and then also coming back and being like, you know, paying for our own healthcare, which is <laughs> a fraction of the ben- <laughs> the benefit. <laughs> yeah, a huge fraction for a lot of people. Yeah, I could imagine. Well, I can't, but I can. You know, just if I didn't have to worry about paying for healthcare for a while. Yeah, and then I suddenly did. Holy shit! Oh yeah, because it ain't cheap. No. And like, and that's the thing, like, so over there I was, I was paying for it. It was part of my taxes and, you know, for my tax bracket, I was paying a lot more than others, but I was happy to do so. So those that are, that had a lower, 
level of income, they were they still had this exact same coverage. Or those that were houseless, right, had the same income or not had had the same coverage. So, you know, uh, my wife carries around an EpiPen because she's allergic to bees. Uh, she got stung by a bee at one point when we were going on a long walk. Went to the emergency room, no bill. Yeah. There was another incident where, like, there was you know stitches involved, no bill. Uh, hit, hit myself. I walked into a door frame at work, you know, got stitches on my face, no bill. So I went to the emergency room a bunch of different times with not a single dollar owed. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it just repeat, repeat, repeat. Wisdom teeth taken out over there, nothing. Wow. Yeah. And then now, like you know, I, I mentioned before we started recording, I had a minor procedure yesterday, which worried me. Oh no! Well, thank you. For saying that. It's uh, all's all's well. I, I won't um, okay. gross anyone out on the air with, with what it okay. was, but it's, it was uh, it's it's all good. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for your concern. But yeah, like I, I know that's going to be. I don't know what the bill is going to be, but it's not going to be cheap. So no. right. it was out, outpatient, and then I was put under for you know uh, not very long. It was a pretty quick procedure, but. Yeah, like things like that, I didn't have to worry about. Right. Because it was every, you know, it's like, I don't know if this is the right metaphor. It might be mixing metaphors, but like the rising tide lifts all ships. Like, so everyone's taken care of by the same benefit. And I, I think that metaphor is intended for something. something yeah, else. that's that's Reaganism. That's, uh, yeah, well, it's yeah. not, let's, that's let's, rich people help everybody. Well, basically, yeah, like, I just want to make sure everyone's uh, taken yeah. care of. So that's one Rising thing. Rising tide like, sinks all ships. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's what it is in capitalism. Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's scratch that. And I'll, I'll just say that I want everyone to be taken care of as best as I can, regardless of, you know, where they're at. No, but I mean, I, I think uh, conservatives in a lot of ways, they, they use things like that that sound good. You know, they they sound truthful. Oh, what example was I just thinking of? It was uh, just the, oh shit, some of the ideas that like, uh, oh, you know, right to work. Uh, they, they come up with names that, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a law here in Missouri. It's like, yeah, yeah, right to work. We, we all have a right to work. It's like, no, that, that entire law is a right to fire you for no reason. <laughs> right. Uh, You're just framing it in a positive <laughs> word. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, yeah. It can trick you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah. They're, they're good at that. They're good at those little <laughs> phraseologies. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Don't, don't love that. But no. Uh, and yeah, actually speaking of the whole right to work thing, that's another change. So previously I was uh, employed by German companies, you know, since 2016. Mm-hmm. And over there, they have um, what's called your first six month is called probitzeit, which is uh, German word for probation period, probationary period. Right. And during that time period, you or the employer can cancel the contract at any point. Uh. Once you pass that uh, probation period, it's really difficult to get fired. <clears throat> kind of like tenure. It's basically like tenure, but. Right. One, I would say like one over here might say, someone over here might say like, oh, people are going to abuse the system and just not work as hard once they're tenured. Right. Which is not the case. Like people, you know, like you're in that job because you love it and you, you know, well, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people feel like they're making a difference or they want, they do that because that's where they want to be. Uh So people, I have not seen anyone really abuse that over there. And now transitioning back over here to the States, it's a, you know, quote unquote, right to work contract. I'm of course, very 
grateful for the the agency that I work for, the most lovely people I've ever <laughs> worked with in my entire life. And most of them are German. So they it, it is a US contract, but it's basically like very like-minded people. I, I don't feel like I have to worry about it, but that's a big thing here. It's like, oh yeah. On one side, you're saying like, oh, no one wants to work. And then it's like, well, we can fuck you over <laughs> at any time for any <laughs> right. reason. Any time. Yeah. Yeah. Just for finding somebody who's, you know, they just want to employ differently or, or, or you right. know, or anybody else they like more or whatever. I mean, they yeah. just throw you in the can. And I've been laid off here in the States before, um, you know, and one time maybe it was for just cause and maybe one time it wasn't, but. <laughs> right. You know, like it's, and that's fine. Like, you know, at least in my personal experience, that's always worked out in the end. I'm, so I'm also thankful for that, but. Yeah, it's been that's that's been another kind of change, but I'm also very thankful that the the job I do have, I, I work from home. Yeah. So I'm able to be remote and I, I still interact with a lot of folks, albeit virtually. Oh, actually, but on that I'll be going back to Munich for work for uh a week or so in about a, um, three weeks or so. And that'll be the first time I'm back in Munich. So Huh. If you want me to smuggle back any, <laughs> yeah, any treats for you, let me know. Yeah, yeah. well, I'll have to. What are what are treats that we want smuggled? I don't know. What's a, what's a Munich specialty? I mean, beer, beer, yeah, good beer, yeah, good beer, which is kind of hard to. I mean, I could bring back a few bottles. Some good friends of mine um, run a brewery called Tillman's Beer in Munich. It's like a, uh, it's Munich made. But it's uh, more like American craft style leaning, and it's so good. Uh, I'm honestly not much of a beer person, but they 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 do it right. Yeah, and they're just the best people in the world. Well, they still got like the uh, the purity laws and shit over there, don't they? Yeah, For, yeah, yeah. In terms of ingredients and like uh, proportions and all that, like it, they're very strict on that. And in Munich, it's it's like <laughs> it's a religion there. Yeah, yeah. That's not so much here. Not so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you can put, you know, antifreeze, <laughs> which don't knock it until you try it. <laughs> it's got a lovely color, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they say. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but they say that about shopping at Aldi's. Mm-hmm. That it, because it's a German-owned company, that a lot yeah. of the products they get are, uh, you know, they follow purity law, like like yeah. uh, a lot of the wine uh, from Aldi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've bought their the Winky Owl. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the uh, yeah, and Aldi is like everywhere in in Germany. It's awesome, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Yeah, going going to Aldi here. I've I've only been here been to Aldi once since, or at least for grocery shopping here. But uh, since we've been back, but it's basically like the same layout, pretty much same style. Uh-huh. And then yeah, it's crazy coming back and like walking through and being like, these are a lot of these are the same products, which yeah, is right. kind of hard to find. Is it hard to get quarters for the carts in Germany? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there it's even worse because uh, it's not quarters. It's uh, a single, it's either a one euro coin or a two euro coin. So you have to have like a dollar or $2, you know, depending on the conversion rate, like just ready for your cart. Yeah. They do make those little tokens like that you can put in there that kind of fit the space. So you don't have to waste a dollar. You have like your own coin. Uh Um, yeah, it's a pain in the ass when you're like, I just wanted to buy one thing and I need, or like it is big enough that I needed a cart, but I can't get a cart because I need that money <laughs> for the right. thing. <laughs> you're right. So. Yeah. I thought I, Ireland kind of fucked with you like that. 
with like the oh, punch yeah? and uh, yeah, the coins. It's just like the coins are worth so much more. Yeah, and right. as Americans, you don't think about change being, you know, really worth anything. Worth anything. Yeah. yeah. And I came home with like a bunch of change in my pocket. I was like, oh, I got some Irish coins. I looked at the exchange rate, but I had like something like $80 in my pocket in <laughs> <laughs> change. And I was like, Jesus Christ, we could have, you know, had a really good dinner or whatever on this. Yeah. And yeah, I did that. I did a tour, um, a solo tour with my buddy Jeff, who plays under the name Divided Heaven. Ooh. We played in Germany. It was uh, December of 2019, so just before the pandemic, basically. Uh-huh. We played in Germany, Switzerland. I don't know if we played in Austria, but we played like Liechtenstein. I think it was four different countries. But we came back with a bunch of different currencies. And, you know, the last night we were counting it and kind of dividing it up. Yeah. I was like, oh, all these coins. I'm like, Geez, it's it like adds up hard. Yeah. <laughs> no. so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember coming back from Ireland and we were like, you know, eating at a scraggly McDonald's and Heathrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize that, you know. It's like oh, we had, a, you know, we were just trying to barely get back home. <laughs> Not enough money, you know. It's like oh, we could afford. It's like, geez, we had steak, we could have had whatever. <laughs> you know, we had bangers and mash, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good. Does sound good. It does. Any American staples you were happy to get back to? Oh, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Mainly, there's cocktails here. I mean, there's some good cocktail bars over there, but I kind of know what I know where to get what I like here. So that's one thing. But I would say the biggest thing that I was really amped to get back to uh, was good Mexican food. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Like over in, in Munich, there are a few places where you can get quote unquote Mexican food. And there's, there's one place that's probably the best place I've had, at least in the city of Munich, there's actually like, like folks from Mexico that opened it. So it's as good as you can get, but the ingredients that get there are not the same ingredients that you would be able to get, oh. you know, either in Mexico or in the United States or Midwest. Yeah. So they're definitely doing the best they can, but it's just most places it's, it just tastes like airplane food. Um, yeah, it's interesting, yeah. like how much of a difference, like it can be the same ingredients, but just from a different place and that can make a difference. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a difference. And I read like this article and it was really interesting about how Southern biscuits only taste that way because they're in the South, because the wheat that they use comes from mm-hmm. the South. And if you huh. go up North, it's just the wheat is different yeah. and it doesn't matter. You can process it the same way. You can do all this shit, but it's, it's just that's how it is yeah yeah and it's same thing with like i know like going back to like whiskey yeah there's different you know the, the water and the wheat is all different and what you know how you you know where you get it from and all that so mm-hmm. it's uh it's a trip <laughs> for sure yeah. yeah yeah like even the beer like in hawaii uh the beer in hawaii it's uh it tastes like floral huh. because just the air there you know, it just smells like orchids, uh, you know, on the big island anyway. I, you know, that's the only place I went. I didn't go to you know, any of the bigger cities like Honolulu or anything. But it's just the air there is just so, you know, floral and aromatic. And, I mean, you could taste that in the coffee. You could taste that in the beer. You could taste that in the water just out of a fountain in the hotel. Man. Uh, the fruit, definitely different over there in the tropics. Anywhere tropical. I've never, I've never been to Hawaii. I would love to go. Oh, yeah. 
the pineapple is just, I mean, you know, it sounds like a, a cliche, but I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it just makes every pineapple I've ever tasted in the mainland taste like shit. <laughs> so it, maybe uh, don't eat it there. Yeah, don't it, it just ruins it for you. <laughs> I mainly want to go because I love the show Lost and I just want to like go to the Lost Islands and <sighs> yeah. be a friggin' dork about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful spot. I mean, don't let anybody, anybody tell you that's Paradise Lost. It's not. It's uh, especially you go to the Big Island. It's uh, it's still a lot of it's very rural. Mm. You know, uh, really only a couple decent, you know, medium sized cities there. The rest of it's all. I mean, you know, mangoes just rotting in the ditches. <laughs> mm. Tons of you know, from people just being just overburdened with them, with the fruit there and everything. Oh, it's it's great. Love that place. You can reach into the gutter and find a mango. Basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 You see a lot of surf bums just walking up and down the street, just living off the land. Grabbing a mango. Yeah. Well. But yeah, burgers, I think also are the same way. Beef anywhere you go. Uh, if you're a meat eater. I, am, I would imagine so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were asking that in Ireland uh, back in you know the nineties when we went there and they were like, yeah, where's a good place to go to steak? Right. The, then was like the mad cow breakout. Mm, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, they were like, mm, nah, have some fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about not eat that? No, I remember, yeah, being in Vienna and going to a McDonald's and just trying a cheeseburger. And I was like, nope, not the same. <laughs> nope. It is, but it's not. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. a noticeable difference. Yeah. They asked us, do you want salad on it? I was thinking, yeah, that's like, you know, lettuce, tomato. No, they put coleslaw on <laughs> your burger. It's like, what are you doing to this burger? Yeah. <laughs> but even standardized things like fast food restaurants tasted different than they did mm-hmm. over here. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I switched, uh, Kelly and I both actually switched to a veg- vegetarian diet in August of 2020, which was kind of a big change over in uh, in Germany, you would, one would think at least cause it's very, very sausage and meat, meat forward. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, even like that more plant faced plant, plant forward meals, the transition from there to here, it's like, uh-huh. like you said, everything's a, even if it's the same, it's a little different. So it's kind of like, what is my, ta- are my taste buds tricking me or is this just really you know different? But uh, what's the driving like? Is it, is it, is it opposite in Germany? No, it, it's it's the same as here. Yeah, which is good. Oh, the same as here. Okay, good. Yeah, thankfully I, I I can drive stick. I didn't know until a couple years before. Actually, Kelly taught me how to drive stick because uh-huh. um, every car you rent there is going to be stick shift. It's going to be manual transmission. Weird. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can rent like uh, you. Yeah, there are some places you can rent automatics, of course, but they're just a little bit more expensive. Just the standard is stick shift. Oh. Uh-huh. So that was a big benefit, <laughs> like yeah. knowing how to do that, because otherwise that would we would have been kind of boned. Yeah, but yeah, it's the same side. Of the, it's uh, you know driving on the right side, so that makes it easy. Uh, going to Ireland though, we we went to Ireland on a vacation, and it was like <laughs> we went from the east coast in Dublin to the west coast, uh, the Cliffs of Moher, and driving across these super small roads on the left side of the road. Right driving stick shift and it was like oh yeah probably the most stressful drive of my life no that would be weird yeah i'm trying to picture shifting with my left yeah Yeah, it was it was a trip yeah and the first time you hit one of those roundabouts yeah oh no Uh, holy shit yeah it's everything i remember sitting in the passenger seat in australia and I i went for the air brake constantly <laughs> yeah. Or I would like, yeah. yeah, I would also reach for the steering wheel when I got in. 
Right. <laughs> like yeah. a Caddyshack, like, oh, this right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> My friend laughed at me, which she should have. Yeah. It's warranted. Yeah. yeah. You get honked at a few times, you get used to it real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to die. So, yeah, man, I've also been interested in, like, okay, you move there, you move back. Mm-hmm. What do you move with? Yeah. I mean, you can't bring a car back. You can't bring your, you know, shit like that. No. Yeah. So when we moved there, we, um, the company I was working for was gracious enough to pay for our, our relocation within reason. Uh-huh. So one of their stipulations was you can't bring over any vehicles. Right. Partially because it's so much weight. Yeah. And like, that's just really expensive. And then there's a tax on top of it. And then, you know, different um, exhaust regulations. And at that point we had a, a stick shift Jeep. Uh-huh. It was just a two door, but it would have been pretty heavy to get over there. And so, so we sold that when we went over, which is great because parking in Munich, especially the neighborhood we lived in was just a, a nightmare. Uh-huh. I did have a motorcycle that I had to sell. It was a Harley Davidson. <gasps> it was a smaller bike, but I loved it. It definitely would have been not street legal in terms of volume because I had some kind of aftermarket mm-hmm. pipes that were not very neighbor neighbor friendly. Yeah. Um, so I sold that to a friend of mine here. So we went there kind of just with it was we we brought a lot there, but we also had to buy a lot of stuff there. So we didn't bring a ton of furniture. Brought all my guitars, all my vinyl. Oh, cool. I brought a couple amps. Uh, actually, I brought all all my musical gear. So I brought a di- couple different. Uh, speaker cabs, I think 10 or 11 guitars, all my, yeah, all, all my pedals and stuff. That's pretty accommodating, really. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And like it, it was, everything was insured. That was part of it. I'm like, well, if it's insured and you know, if the thing falls into the ocean, then you know, it's fine with me. Um, but yeah, so once we got there, we had to, you know, buy a kitchen because oh. most apartments there, when you move in, they, there's not a kitchen. There's just a room where you have to buy hookups and buy cabinets and buy a fridge for renting. So when we left, we ended up selling basically everything we had there, like our kitchen, a lot of our, most of our electronics that we were able to sell because the, you know, the voltage is different there. Yeah. Right. So we still came back with a lot. We brought back like our couch and some other things, but we were thankful to find, uh, we had to find basically the new tenant because one of the stipulations was we we had to sell our kitchen. We couldn't bring that with us. Ah. So we had to find somebody that was willing to buy a kitchen and rent the apartment. So the landlord was like, yeah, you can find whoever you want. It's just, <laughs> you got to get them to take, you know, to take on this stuff. Huh. That's such a weird stipulation. It was nuts. Yeah. So, but we were able to find this great couple from one of them is from America. I think he lived in New York ish i think he lived in on the east coast and then his partner he was from berlin but they lived together in the uk so one of them's german one of them's american right and they were in the uk and they were both moving together back to germany so we found somebody that needed all this stuff including a kitchen including um all these electronics so that made it way easier kind of need the drill yeah yeah so we, we had to do a second contract. So long, this is a very long winded story of saying like, we were able to find some folks that needed everything and we were able to get it to them at a very good price, much better than they would have to buy it, Whew. which enabled us to move back with a lot less. Yeah. And then, yeah, kind of start, not start totally from scratch. And then of course, coming, <laughs> coming here, 
during, you know, a logistical nightmare during pandemic, everything was fucked up. So we were initially quoted door to door of our shipping container would be about five weeks. I think it was like, I'd have to ask Kelly. I think it was like 10. It was like eight or 10. Ouch. Or maybe, maybe even more. It was, it was a couple months. But the upside is that we were in our homeland. We knew the language. We knew that we knew how to get around. We had an apartment here worked out with our old landlord. Yeah. So we were able to kind of live and we had like camping chairs in our living room. <laughs> right. And then my folks uh, let us borrow some uh, folding tables and some other friends let us borrow some stuff to kind of make do for a while. Yeah. But it's, it's funny, like looking back at the photos when we first landed here and it was like, our place looked like a dorm <laughs> because it was, <laughs> yeah. we would have like really a, a not cooler brutal. on the side and then yeah, like <laughs> chairs and then a TV that we got at Costco, but it was sitting on top of just like another chair. Like it just looked like <laughs> right. <laughs> Did not have a big like... wire spool as a table, <laughs> right? Yeah, basically. Cinder blocks with uh, you know plywood on top of it. <laughs> How much had Chicago changed, in your opinion? A lot, a lot, yeah. You know, the neighborhoods, everything's similar but different. So, like, we were driving even today, and we were driving through Wicker Park, uh, and um, we we're gonna go to, to Big Star to get some tacos, and uh, just driving down north avenue and we hadn't been we haven't driven down that road in like you know years five years probably yeah and like everything looks <laughs> looks different like it's similar but different yeah the neighborhood we live in is called avondale it's like right by kumis corner and some other great great spots yep. but even that like it's totally different than i remember it before <laughs> wow a lot of our friends have moved on from here, so they don't live in the city proper. Like we have some friends that live in California or Michigan or moved out to the East Coast. So socially, that's made it a little a little different than we kind of expected. But also, it's, we're not being super social because, of, you know, still trying to be as careful as we can around folks. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to like go to a show and I like go to the Burlington or go to um, – you know, wherever beat kitchen. I went to the beat kitchen the other night, these old venues that I used to go to all the time. And every once in a while, there'll be like a bartender or like, like security staff that I'll haven't seen in six years. And it's like, kind of like you're right back into it. Right. Which is great. Like that kind of consistency is really welcoming. I think it kind of makes me feel like we're, we're home, even though it's kind of a different world. Yeah. But yeah, also like the, the band, so big bird, like all those, folks alex has been a good friend of mine for a long time matt the drummer he's also part of typesetter awesome awesome dude he's a monster on the drums yeah um probably the one of the more insane drummers i've ever played with and then jeff he works with alex at the g-man tavern which is probably my favorite bar in chicago it's attached to the metro oh yeah yeah right on and then Alex, they're, um, they also work at uh, G-Man and um, L&L, which is another bar, L&L Tavern. It's, um, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's haunted. Nice. But it's, it's a bar <laughs> that I think John Wayne Gacy used to frequent. It's like, was, oh. it's like. It's not like fun haunted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all, all haunted's kind of fun. But yeah, yeah like it's definitely like a dive bar with a capital d yeah but it's great i love that place um but yeah so having that group of folks to come back to and kind of like so jeff i hadn't met him before we started the band jeff is a friend of uh 
of Alex and Matt's and has become a good friend of mine too. So it's, it's nice to like reestablish with some old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time, but then also build some new relationship out, relationships out of that. And then, you know, organically just meeting other friends through them. It's been great. Yeah. So slowly expanding my social circle and starting to feel more comfortable with being around people. But yeah, so I'd say, you know, the others in Big Bird have been really helpful to the, this transition. And then also just, it's a lot of fun <laughs> playing really loud music with friends. Yeah. I really miss that. Yeah. So have you been gigging any? No. So we, um, we've been writing a lot. So we, we have our first show confirmed, but it's not yet announced. It'll be in October in Chicago. And then we're, we're also playing at the fest in Gainesville, Florida Okay, at the end of October, which is like basically punk rock Mecca. Like it's sweet. It's my favorite weekend of the year, not only because of the music, but it's, it's definitely like a family reunion of people that I haven't seen in years. And this one I think will be really special because I haven't seen anyone since, I mean, most people haven't seen anybody, but since uh, 2019 was the last year I was there. Um, So yeah, we're really excited to play that. Um, We're kind of going to be a little bit of a sore thumb, I think, because most bands, they kind of, again, generalizing, there's kind of like the quote unquote fest style bands, which Bands like Iron Sheik, a lot of bands try to emulate them, or Hot Water Music, which is one of my personal favorites. <clears throat> People try kind of a lot of bands emulate that kind of like beard core, org core, however you call it. <laughs> right. And we're definitely not, you know, we lean more into like Helmet is a big influence of ours. Every time I die, yes, I could hear that yeah. style. Yeah, so like it's there's a lot of overlap, but also it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of pans out. Yeah. So that's our first fest is our first official show as of now, but we'll be playing, I think a week or two before that at, uh, in, in Chicago. So, right on, you know, Nonagon, I don't know them personally, but yeah, I do know them. They're, oh. uh, they're friends of ours. We got to introduce oh, okay. you. They're cool as fuck. Yeah. 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 That'd be awesome. Yeah. We know John, uh, he's the, uh, really well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's very one of the things I thought. I was like, yeah, they need to hook up with Nonagon. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good man. I'll pause them online right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> pause this and I'll shoot them a message. Yeah. If they want to play just, with us. Yeah, just, just tell, them, tell them we turn chair. They're a really cool guy. <laughs> That'd be rad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so right now we're just, we're writing a lot. Um, so we recorded our first three songs on this EP called Call, Repeat. Mm-hmm. That we just put out a couple weeks ago we had that mixed by um a good friend of mine who did the sky we scrape which is my old band he did the sky we scrape full length he's done a lot of stuff for bands like fall of troy and let live and stuff like that and then we had it mastered by alan douches who's done like every every band so he's done like all the every time i die converge my chemical romance brand new like and uh, anything um Basically, all my favorite, all my favorite band. Yeah, that's what my thirteen-year-old daughter said. She's like, "That sounds like my Chemical Romance." <laughs> so that's been fun, and so right now we're we're still we're writing a bunch of stuff, and we're gonna our plan is to record stuff as we go. Uh-huh. and we have basically a handshake agreement with uh, my good buddy Gunnar Christensen, who runs Gunnar Records in Germany, one of the best people in <laughs> on that continent, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. Um, so he wants, to, we're going to be putting out a record with him next year and then doing a, a tour over there. And then the goal is to do like a couple of weeks or two, two, three, four weeks over there and then do that around booze cruise. So we can actually hit that next year since we had to miss this year. 
But yeah, so we're just writing and recording and kind of just having fun with it. We got a bunch of silly shit coming, <laughs> silly shit coming up. But you know, it's not it's not clunky by any means. I mean, I'm shit. I'm really digging what I'm hearing. It sounds very consummate. I mean, you guys, uh, uh, you know what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate to work with you know the other three folks in the band. They're the best musicians I I think I've played with in a very long time, if not ever. Hmm. And everyone brings you know, their own flavor to the table. Yeah. So like these first three songs, for the most part, I, I wrote the main parts of those. That's not uh-huh. to say I wrote everything. Of course, I, I wrote the, the bones to it uh-huh. and then brought it to the band um, just kind of as a starting point. And then everyone, it kind of morphed into what it is now. Like the drum parts that Matt plays, there's no way I could have <laughs> done anything as wild as he does. Uh, yeah. And same, same goes, of course, for what Alex and Jeff do. Um, and then the new stuff that we're writing, there's a new song that Alex, uh, Alex and I started banging around that they wrote all, all the parts to, and they and I met, um, earlier this week and played through it. And it's just fucking nuts. I love it. Ah. So the stuff that we're working on now, it's, it's definitely more of a pure collaboration and all of us kind of putting our ideas together. So it's, it's good. Cause yeah, like you said, I, I don't feel it's clunky at all. It's nothing's forced. Yeah. We want to do stuff, stuff that we're all, we all feel happy about. And that, you know, for lack of a better term, we want to make sure it rips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. You don't sound anything like a band that's never played a gig. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the main challenge I would say is like, as we're writing and as like, for example, when Alex showed me the song that they wrote that we'll, we'll work on all together next week. My main struggle is when it's very riff heavy. I want to make sure that I can sing over it or mm-hmm. I can have Jeff play like the heavier parts where I kind of just, I dumb it down for myself where I can, I can focus on a melodic structure for vocals. Yeah. You're going to work out on Vox. Yeah. And I hadn't done that in such a long time. I mean, not that I can tell that you're bad at it, but I mean, it's just like you're working your ass off. On yeah. Vox. It's, it's muscles that I haven't had to use as much. Like, uh. yeah, with little teeth, I would do, I did, uh, a ton of backing vocals, of course, but then it wasn't, I wasn't carrying the band by any sense in terms of, you know, the main harmonies or the main melodic structure. I'd be doing a lot of harmonies, but uh-huh. singing that entire time and then singing with that much force is not something <laughs> my body yeah. is used to. So uh, uh, there's definitely muscles that I'm, I'm needing to kind of rework on. Work out. Yeah. yeah. Don't break them. Yeah, oh, those nodules. I've done that before. Yeah, when uh, the Sky Scrape, when we did a tour, I think it was our first European tour. We did uh, two full ones. The first time we went over there, I just like part of it was I got sick, ah. just from the weather change. When, yeah, when if, before we recorded, we were talking about being sick and uh, yeah, like yeah, the allergies, allergies and stuff. Yeah, so when I we went to the UK, we did a few dates in Germany and then we went to the UK, and like as soon as we hit the UK my throat just decided not to work and it was rough. So I got some, some kind of like some kind of mild virus, but then it was mainly just in my throat. And a lot of that was, you know, I hadn't been like, I wasn't quite tour ready in terms of my voice. So I'm trying to keep those muscles as active as possible. And you know, yeah, because if not, I don't want that. I don't want that happening again. That was a drag. Yeah. How many takes was it taking you for uh Fox on the DVP? That one, so I did, I recorded everything. I recorded it myself for us. So we kind of had the the luxury of taking our time. Uh-huh. So for vocals, I, I did those in the room by myself. Usually I like having someone with me to tell tell me if it's, you know, garbage or if it's good. 
but just timing wise, I was like, well, let me get some tracks down. Let me just see how it, it works. And I did it and I did a bunch of different takes for the three songs. I did, I think I did two different sessions. So I broke it up. Maybe it was two like one hour sessions or something. Cause I wanted to keep oh. it nice and fresh. Yeah. But I did so many takes of each part that everything worked. And there's one song in there that's um, the the third song of three double hockey sticks. Yeah. Um, in the bridge, there's kind of like it gets a little weird, and there's a lot of like vocal layering and oohs and ahs, almost like a chorus, a choir in there. And uh, that's that's all my voice just layered in there. Oh, see, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> and the, all, so all those voices are me, but then I I had like an ungodly amount of tracks in there that we we cut it down because it was just too many. <clears throat> But the point of that, like that song is, you know, it, it kind of works to have kind of like a, I don't want to call it angelic, but kind of like almost not spiritual, but uh, operatic, operatic kind of yeah. part in that um, just thematically of what that song is about. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. And then we, we were going to have a buddy of ours, um, or buddy of Alex and Matt's play uh, trumpet on that part, but then the timing just didn't work out. So we're going to try to do some weird instrumentation with the, the future songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. But in terms of vocal takes, it was, I was kind of, I don't want to say I was impressed with myself, but I was surprised, I guess, with myself. <laughs> no, yeah, that's I didn't okay. Fuck it up too bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of how it turned out for you sure. Are. So, yeah, you should be. Thank you. You should be. You knocked it out of the park, man. Thanks. Uh, I think it's great. So, this was all recorded like at home? Or were you in the studio? Or, yeah, what studio? Or, yeah, we used, we just recorded in, um, in our practice space here in Chicago. So, I, over the years, I've collected a lot of pretty decent gear. Mm-hmm. So I was able to record like my first time ever recording drums. So I recorded drums first with my guitar just as like a scratch track so that Matt could play to it uh. and did just a He's such a good drummer. Like he, he killed it in like, I think two takes per, he could have done it in one. I think we probably kept his first track is his first take of each song. <laughs> yeah. But we, of course, did a lot of rehearsing before going in there and, uh, yeah, recorded that. And then, yeah, and just individually recorded us all together. I- individually meaning we didn't record it live. So we did drums and then we did, Alex did their bass uh, on top of my scratch tracks. And then Jeff played his and then, and then I did some overdubs for my own parts. But we had to kind of pick it in times where the building was not super active because we didn't want a lot of <laughs> audio bleed. There's some other bands yeah, in our yeah. in our area, like in the area of the building that we didn't want to be like hearing, you know, Spoon Man playing in the background. <laughs> I mean, I love Spoon Man. I love Spoon Man. <laughs> but, um, but not on your record. Not on mine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we recorded that all ourselves. And then Chuck Masick uh, from Electroworks recording, he did all the I'll say the more heavy lifting of actually making it sound good and doing like making the drums sound as good as I could. And he of course did a great job. He's uh, Chuck's a drummer himself. And I know when, uh, when Matt was recording, he plays so many notes, like he's just a machine. He was like, I really feel bad for Chuck because if he's going to have to replace any of these or replace any of these hits or do any adjustments, it's, there's a lot of notes in there and a lot of ghost notes. So I talked to Chuck about it and he was like, no man, it's fun. I love it. I was like, all right, dude, <laughs> like, as long as you're okay with it, that's a lot of work. But, uh, so I'm really appreciative of, of, uh, of Chuck's work. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the material level looking like for the LP? 
So we're aiming to do, yeah, we're aiming to do every uh, three songs we have like 100% finished, we're going to record and then kind of build it from there. The goal, my personal goal would be to have like 12 or 13 recorded, release an album of maybe 10 or 11, and then keep two as, you know, tracks for either a comp or a, a benefit thing, um, just to kind of have some, some other B-sides. Um, so right now we have the three that are already released on call repeat EP. We have three other ones that are pretty much, you know, saved from some vocal stuff that I need to work out. Those are pretty far along. And then I have like a, a SoundCloud folder of like nine or 15 or 20, I don't know, like an insane amount of ideas that are as fleshed out as maybe the first three that came out are. Um, but just in my own, you know, my dumb brain parts, not with, you know, Alex and Matt and Jeff's smart brains <laughs> added. Right. So there's a lot of material. Part of the the struggle is just going to be timing in terms of getting it ready to go and knowing that, you know, vinyl production is so delayed. Oh, I know. So we, we want to have it out, you know, the full length out next year by june but it, uh, yeah it's gonna be a, a struggle but it's man i just literally one of my vinyls that i had asked for for christmas i just got like last week oh no way <laughs> yeah i mean it's it takes it's taken forever so i'm hoping that it'll kind of pick up a little bit i did some um album art for some good friends of mine from la called uh the blackmail house um and they just got their their copies of their LP and like two days ago. And it just made me so happy to see friends of mine have their records in their hands, especially ones that I did the artwork for. Like it's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm really proud of how that looks, but the way they put that, I mean, it's, this is a band y'all should check out too. They're called blackmail house. They're so good. This album they put together a lot, you know, a lot of bands when you have a horn section or strings or whatever, you'll, you'll use MIDI or use kind of, you know, real sounding instruments but not actually hire an orchestra or whatever they have 20 different 20 or 25 i don't know it's an insane amount of different live musicians they actually had to like all these parts live so there's no artificial instrumentation on there and they i mean they work their asses off and it definitely you can wow. <laughs> you can hear it it's great so Where i'll just send you a link to that it's uh the album's called the artist uh the band name is blackmail house Ooh. and the album is called catacombs all right. What what city are they out of? What did you say? They're in Los Angeles. LA. Okay. Yeah, but I know um Patrick, the the singer and main songwriter, he and I went to the same well, not the same school. He went to uh Saint in Saint Charles, Illinois, and I went in, in uh Geneva, Illinois, but we were friends all growing up through high school. Um so he's an old friend of mine. Sweet. What's your uh what's your visual art medium? So for that one it was uh I used some photography that they had and it was all just um, a lot of Photoshop and illustrator work. Uh -huh. So they're really, they were really inspired by like kind of for lack of a better term, I guess like retro stylings and some um, not quite oldie stuff, but um, kind of like spooky oldie stuff, you know, like okay. um, so it's, I took a lot of the photography they had and just some of the thematic elements they play with lyrically and it's it's really dark looking, but it's uh, kind of quirky too. So a lot of it plays off of the whole like Ouija board aesthetic. Yes, that's my jam. I know it's <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. And they they took the album artwork and I made a little like Ouija board planchette. 
as part of their artwork. Uh-huh. And they had an artist, I think she's from California as well, but they made, they had this woman make custom made Ouija board planchettes out of wood and painted them out of this design. So they sent me one and it's amazing. So they're doing this, like if you pre-order their album, you, you, you basically are automatically entered to, if you pre-ordered on vinyl, you're automatically entered to win one of these. I think there's only one left of these uh, custom planchettes. It's rad. So ah. I don't, I don't mean to spend, spend all this time pumping my friend's band. <laughs> no, that's cool. I love, I love like niche merch like that. Yeah. You know, just shit like that. It's just like, you know, oh, you get our, uh, you know, custom pair of socks or, you know, just, <laughs> right. I love shit like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Especially like a lot of, since a lot of things have gone to be, you know, and rightly so have gone to be a little bit more intangible and like not physical. Right. Whenever a band can do something that makes something special, that's you have a tangible physical, I don't want to say product, but a, a memento or a piece of that artwork or that, that art, but it's not necessarily a, a vinyl record, which thankfully they're able to have a vinyl record as well. But a lot of bands can't just because of production or, you know, yeah, yeah. Hoobastank or whoever the fuck is taking up all of their, <laughs> the pressing <chance. laughs> right. uh, capabilities, probably not Hoobastank. Probably maybe not. like Taylor Swift. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, Adele. She, yeah. And Adele. Yeah. That's and Adele. Adele. Yeah. But I did see, I don't know if you, if you all saw uh, Jack White, he made a plea on YouTube or in the, somewhere on the internet to the major record labels to say, you know, you used to own your own pressing plants back in the oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now, you know, so when production went down, that was when smaller indie labels and bands could really get their stuff out. And now these major labels are just like bombarding these, the ones that are existing, like these pressing plants that are existing. So no one else can get their stuff out. Right. So that he kind of made a plea. Didn't even kind of, he made a plea to say like, you used to do this. If you really support this medium and you want music to succeed, like invest in your own artists and invest in your own label and create your own pressing plant. And I, right. I, you know, I'm, kind of a uh, to a fault an optimist so I, I'd, I'd hope that some of these labels would take it upon themselves to say like yeah you know what we we believe in this as the future of music in some you know some capacity at least yeah and also just as like a goodwill statement and goodwill um, action towards the community to say like we want smaller artists or you know up and coming artists to have the same opportunities yeah Cause like for me, like the first time I held, I held my own band's record in my hand was like, oh, I, it almost brought me to tears. Like we, sure we got it pressed through, um, United pressing and, uh, it was like wild to get our first test yeah. pressing for, we did a, a skyway scrape. We did a split with a band called Hawkbit from Chicago. And when I got that in the mail, I was like, I never in my life, you know, thought I would have my own record. And then since then I've been very fortunate to have half dozen or a dozen different albums out on vinyl. And it's wow. like, yeah. every time I get it in the mail, like the test pressing or every time I like see it on a shelf. Yeah. Like I was, <laughs> it's why I was at a record store here in Chicago called the bucket of blood. Huh? It's a great, um, great local shop. They have like vinyl and they have a lot of great books and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but I was going through their used records and I found my old bands, uh, a split seven inch that we did. <sighs> Skyscrape did with this band called common war, which is members of death by stereo. Ooh. And it was in the used rack, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool to see!" 
kind of bums me out that someone got rid right. of it. It's like a bittersweet thing. Right? I was like, that's cool. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, but it's always, oh, it's yeah. always like those little things to see, like either in the wild or like just, I can't imagine it's, it's really moving for, for musician to see, you know, even if someone sold it, <laughs> sold yeah. it back to a store, like, I mean, even, even Matt and I, at one point in time, made the liner notes, uh, for a Godzillionaire album and we, right. we both oh, cried, yeah. I think. Then that was like bucket list type thing. Oh, yeah. liner notes. Just to be in a liner <laughs> notes. It wasn't even our album. You know? Especially of an artist. I know that y'all love Godzillionaire too. So like, oh, that's, yeah. that'd be oh, like, yeah. Yeah. massive. Great yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. And that's, yeah, it's gotta be an awesome feeling. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't wait for the next one. And actually for Big Bird, we're working, we're trying to do, we're working on it right now, uh, trying to do like a smaller run lathe cut. So not like a full vinyl production, but just like a really limited run of this EP on seven inch. So we're, we're trying to work that out. That's actually my big to do this next week. Oh, cool. And the goal is to have that ready by, it's a very optimistic goal, but our goal is to have that ready by our shows in October, which might happen since it's like the way lathe cuts are done. It's not contingent on you know, a huge, a huge, huge, uh, undertaking, but it's still going to be a, probably a pain in the ass, but yeah, still man, for everything you've done, all the moving around shit and the, everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. Good on you, man. Well, yeah, we're, we're trying at least yeah. trying and yeah. having fun. That, that's the other thing is like, and it's, yeah. you know, we're, we're all like relatively enough, like realists on what's realistic i guess and you know and i'm yeah i turned 40 in december like i'm not personally looking to quit my job and tour or anything the only way that would go is if like someone like i don't know food i know food fighters that's kind of they're, they're the biggest <laughs> fan in the world <laughs> if they were like like hey we want to take you on tour and you know you uh, know what though we just had we know literally <laughs> yeah kansas city band not yeah. that big. They're on their way up. They're making some noise. Yeah. But they just they just opened for for the Foo Fighters, like for real, Radke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Saw them last night and hung out with them. They're yeah. great. Yeah, they're playing in Chicago coming up. I, I have some friends that are going. Actually, the woman who cuts my hair, she's a great barber at Pete's Barbershop here in Chicago. Uh-huh. She's saying that she's going to see Radke coming up. And I was like, I didn't even know that was happening. So I didn't know they were from KC. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Isaiah's been on the show. I think really luckily just because, you know, we could drop enough names locally. Right. Right here. <laughs> we were like, Hey, we're friends with these guys, these guys, and you know, some local bands of Como and KC who know them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they kind of vouch for us. And, but yeah, they, they got picked up that way. I and mean, you can tell them, you even talk to them, that it's just, it's hard for them to fathom. I'm sure. Yeah. Just coming from a little town like St. Joseph, Missouri. And, right. Uh, just being this, you know, little three piece, you know, three homeschool kids, you know, tra- they learned, they taught themselves at home. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And their first gig, they fucking open for fishbone fishbone. Yeah. First gig <laughs> as teenagers. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Kids met there for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but still telling, I mean, you know. Deserving, well deserving of it. Totally, I mean, they're they're great. So yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. And you guys too, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely, we want to get the word out there for sure. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. As much as we can, which isn't much. Come to Missouri, man. If you get like on the road doing shit, sure, absolutely, yeah. 
we're, we're definitely going to want to do, you know, some, some Midwest stuff. So I, I definitely see that happening. And, and Alex is they're They're originally from the, the St. Louis area. So I know we would want to hit Missouri and yeah, you know, all around basically. So. Oh yeah. Right on that 44 corridor, man, you go from St. Louis, you hit Columbia, you hit Kansas city. Mm-hmm. They're all two hours apart from each other. That's not yeah. a bad drive. <laughs> Three shows, bang, 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 yeah. right in a row. And uh, yeah, get some, you know, good exposure. I don't know how much money you'll make. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, that's not <laughs> we're, obviously we're, <laughs> I'm turning 40 and I'm still doing, I'm doing this. So I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> all right. no, we'll find you a place to play if you need one. Sure. But, yeah, definitely. That would be amazing. And a place to crash. You can come, come here. Huh? That'd be yeah. great. We got an extra room. Need any, just a spot on the floor. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, hell no. We got a guest room. Big house. Well, spoil me. Sure. <laughs> Anytime. We'll grill you some vegetables. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> vegetables or whatever the fuck you eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go throw a big uh, bird on the grill. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, uh, Bandcamp is still probably the best way to get your shit. You think, or as far as you and what benefits you, or uh... yeah, Band Bandcamp, Spotify. I mean, any of it's any of it's all all good. Yeah. So yeah, we're on any 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 streaming place. Uh, Bandcamp's probably the easiest for some folks. Spotify is good for others. I know on yeah. the only place that's not Big Bird with a period is on Apple Music. I think just because they, I don't know why, but they they wouldn't. They're not allowing it yet for whatever reason, but yeah, I don't think that's fascist. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> Steve Jobs haunting us yeah. from the grave. <laughs> yeah, like basically anywhere, anywhere you you find it, we're happy to have people listen to it. Cool. Yeah. Right on. But yeah, to buy it too. Yeah, and thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. You got any shirts or anything? Any merch out? Yeah, we have. Um, we have a bunch of stickers and shit that we're and I'm working on getting some. We're, we're going to have some shirts out for sure for our our first show. Yeah, we're going to have uh, tote bags up soon. I, I'm, I have the stuff to print those, so we're kind of piecing together all this stuff. I actually ordered a bunch of coasters, like beer coasters, to send to bars around town in Chicago, and then um, oh, right on, maybe around some other areas. Like especially when we play in other towns, I kind of want to send some coasters with like a QR code with uh, some dumb shit on it. But cool. yeah, I used I used to print everything. For Little Teeth, I printed most of our stuff. For Skyway Scrape, I printed most of our stuff. Just kind of DIY. Matt from Big Bird, he is actually like a he works at a screen printing place, and he's really good at it. He's a professional dude. Um, and actually, in Skyway Scrape, Justin, huh? our drummer, I don't know what it is with drummers and screen printing, but apparently they all do that. Yeah. So Justin's a screen print artist. He he's one of the most talented artists, visual artists I know. He does stuff for like. Uh, Wilco and fish and like oh, that, like all these like all right, all right. the Lumineers, like basically any, any band you could think of. Wow. Super, super talented. Just Justin Santora is his name. But yeah, Matt, uh, I'm going to be enlisting him hopefully, <laughs> or we're going to be enlisting him and printing out some shirts coming up here pretty soon. I think. Those, uh, those guitar picks were hilarious. Are those for real? Yeah, those are for real. <laughs> Cause I, I was like, uh, I actually have a bunch sitting right next to me. Like, I, w- I needed to buy some more guitar picks and our gu- other guitarist Jeff was like, yeah, I used this one place to order some for his other band called uh, from beyond these walls. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, is it, it's this place called in tune picks. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, is it in tune? He's like, yeah. So I was like, Oh, cool. So I didn't tell anybody in the band, but I was like, I went ahead and 
figured out what gauge picks everyone uses. So myself, uh-huh. Alex, and Jeff, and I ordered us all picks. So now we have like just a ridiculous amount of Big Bird picks. So we'll probably have some of those at the merch table too, because why not? Oh, sweet. I'll have to PayPal you and get some of those. I think they're so funny. No, I'll just give me your address. I'll mail them to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't PayPal me anything. Return <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, just to describe them. I mean, well, you could see them if you go check out Big Bird's Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's the uh, you know Sesame Street nomenclature animal with his <laughs> eyes blacked out and stag, out. <laughs> <laughs> like a stag film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're great. Uh, yeah, we're kind of just that with that design. We're uh, our friend Anthony, who plays in a band called Royal Dog. Uh, uh, he uh, he did that design for us, and it just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I got a good chuckle out of it. So, um, well, man, anything else you want to plug or anything? We want to keep you on all night or anything. I know we all got Dad's Day tomorrow and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, no, I uh, not much. I mean, we yeah, we got just new stuff. We're going to be recording soon, and um, eventually plan some shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now, I just, yeah, I really appreciate y'all asking me to come back on. It was cool to do this in two different continents. So next time I'll have to pick a different, yeah, <laughs> different continent right. to be on. Where right. we do it from, yeah. But yeah, I, I, uh, I really appreciate the chance to talk about Big Bird and the new stuff and catch up with y'all again. It's been great. Oh, man, we love having you on. Well, just, yeah, the tease we've got is really enticing. Oh, so. Thank you very much. That really means a lot. I really appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Everybody go check it out for sure. Big bird, period. Uh, <laughs> lowercase big bird, period. Lowercase big bird, period. Uh, big bird Chicago, a uh, few ways to find it. But, you know, just ask your Google Home lady or your Alexa or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for everybody. Alexa, play big bird, double hockey sticks. There you go. I really hope that works. <laughs> like that. Uh, I think there was that uh, South Park episode where they they did this whole episode where they're like, "Alexa, buy blah blah blah," and like <laughs> people's Alexas actually started like ordering stuff that wasn't protected. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, Alexa, play Double Hockey Sticks by Big Bird on Spotify. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. It'll work. I hope. <laughs> Jason, thanks for joining us, man. For sure. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Matt. We had a good time. Yeah. And, you know, and come back on sometime, and we'll you know get get that LP out, and uh, we want to talk about that for sure. For sure, yeah. Once we're once we're getting ready for that, that'd be awesome to chat again. Yeah. Nice. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Undetermined the Podcast. Special guest Jason S. Thompson, Big Bird. Go buy that EP. Yeah. Jesus, don't be a cheapskate. It's cheap. Get it. <laughs> it's good. You'll love it. I surely did. Naturally did. Yes. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Hey, happy birthday to all the dads. Yeah. <laughs> this will be out after that, but uh, oh, well. anyway. Still. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.